This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 666 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. On this week's episode, we are joined by Ali Patajski, discussing the mental challenges of competing and how she overcame them. After that, Karen Isberg talks about feeding the older horse. And for the trust tip of the week, we're going to chat with amateur Kelly Agnew. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? Hello, Reese. Um, we're, <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah? yeah just plugging Getting away. Close planning, to the horse planning show. Planning for the shows. Yeah, planning yeah for it's the, coming. Uh, I'm kind of planning out the whole season now that we've got, you know, some goals to work towards and, yeah. you know, th- things like that. So, Hopefully it'll go. Hopefully it'll go well. <laughs> yeah, we always. If we not, always we'll we'll just adjust and. and, and <laughs> it's a moving where, target, always. Yeah, where we need to, where we need to be, or what we need to be doing, but uh, yeah, just talking about you know, what what classes we're going to be entering in the first show, sure. and if it goes yeah. well, then you know what. What do we do? Gonna, <laughs> you know, where do we go from there? And if it doesn't go well, where do we go from there? You know yeah. that that kind of discussions are happening and. Uh, you know, no, so, I think that's a great, great thing to talk about is just, you know, sometimes show seasons are moving targets. You know, I think we all have a plan of how we want it to go and then something happens and you have to make a different plan. And, and I think that's normal. And I kind of go in, that's why I laughed when you said that, because you really do kind of have to go in and, and think, well, this could, could be different or it could be, could be whatever it is. And sometimes knowing that it's going to change. We have kind of a best case scenario and then worst case scenario. Yeah. And- to, you know, target the competitions within that. So we're just saying, okay, we're going to hit this one first and best case scenario, it goes well. And we'll, you know, this will be the next one or worst case scenario that goes badly. And then we got to hit one two weeks later, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, great. with the ultimate it. goals of, of, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be, you know, lots of, uh, in America, you guys have all those regional championships. We don't That's right. have that so much here, but, uh, you know, we have kind of competitions that we may we may target as being kind of, you know, a championship sort of thing. Um, you know, we have the CDIs that would be kind of, you know, a championship experience. And then, um, you know, so we're just, you know, discussing that and, and seeing how cool. it goes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, this week in Kentucky is Land Rover or the Kentucky three-day event. So uh, it's always a really busy week here uh, and it's fun and and it, it's really community. Uh, everybody volunteers and and has something to do and, and, and the shopping is amazing. I've only been to Aachen that is better, but Rolex shopping is, is legendary. It's great. Um, so we always, we always go over, we call it a holiday. And, and so we're heading over tomorrow, which will be Friday. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it and I will go on Saturday, but it is supposed to rain. So if it's really rainy, I, I may sit out this year 
because I, because I've been sick and I, I don't want to sit in the rain, but uh, it's so fun. It's a great event. And then we go, go right into Derby. So this is sort of our really busy time in, in Lexington and, and Kentucky. And it's when we're highlighted internationally. So it's really fun. Phil, you, you've been down many times and uh, it's always a great week. So it's really busy, it's a, but it's a party because it's, it's a little it warmer a down there than it is here. At, at yeah. The time. Uh, not, yeah. Not a ton, but uh, yeah. I've had beautiful weather when I've been down, so I just I yeah. <laughs> I've just been lucky. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was it was it was sunny today. It was a little cool, but it was sunny, so it was it was a good day. So um, looking forward to a good day tomorrow. So, uh, but we've got a great show for you guys. We're gonna have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and uh, have an interview with Ali Potaski. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have FEI rider and trainer Allie Petoskey on the show. Allie, welcome back to the show. It's been a couple years. Yes. Long time <laughs> no see. I know. Actually, not too long because I just saw you a couple weeks ago, but I love it. We're, we're back in Kentucky <laughs> now. Um, Allie works uh, at a farm about an hour from me. Uh, so we don't, we get to see each other at the shows, which is fantastic. And Allie, we were talking a little bit about um, you really, you have done CDIs and been in the international ring, but now you're really, truly a professional rider. And we were chatting before we got on and, and we wanted to talk about some of the mental challenges that you face, what well, we all face, because I think we're all coming to horse shows and you've talked a little bit about sort of um, the mental health and, and how you've really worked on that to have it become a strength. So we wanted to kind of start talking about that and see, you know, how have you been able to do that? So I'm going to throw it to you. How have you been able to do that? Well, I think... Saying it's my strength, I'm still a work in progress. But the reason <laughs> I started to focus or even notice and care about that aspect of competing was because over the years I found pressure situations or competitions like much more stressful than I remember and less enjoyable. And it took a little bit away from the reason I ride and what I felt I was good at. And it bothered me that I wasn't able to, or I felt I wasn't able to showcase the horses like I thought I could or should. You know, it's stressful when you feel like you're not living up to an expectation or even in your own head, you know, what you know you can do and the horse can do. I think that's the bottom line of it for me too, is I was riding in, you know, the field in Kentucky and just thinking to myself, oh my God, this is unbelievably fun. I'm so with this horse right now. Like I can do anything like this horse is just on the aids and awesome and smiling and, you know, positive. And then coming into a different situation and just feeling let down by myself and discouraged and like, you know, I'm just not on the same page with the horse. And I'm thinking, what the heck, you know? And that's kind of the start of it for me was to try to 
mesh those two feelings a little bit and, and understand where I was derailing or what was happening. And that's when I, um, you know, I started talking a little bit to different people about it, like my friends that also ride or, you know, like mentors to me and saying, what, have you ever experienced this? I don't understand what's happening to me. And then realized it was actually a lot more common than I thought. And then I got referred to a really interesting sports psychologist and started talking to him. And then I think that started the process for me. And it's really something I think a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I think it's so nice that you're so open about about it because it's true. I think a lot of professional riders and especially young professionals, well, actually everyone, I, I went through the same type of thing you know, and I still work on it. It's still something I also struggle with and, and work with a professional as well. And, and I started feeling it when I was younger, you know, when I was, you know, 16 and I was doing young riders and, you know, I felt like people were really watching me, but you know, I don't, I don't think they were honestly, but in my head <laughs> it became, you know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I but think you, get, thought, you get yeah. a little bit into the spotlight and then, and yeah. then that becomes the most important thing in your life. And so it's hard to understand right. that it's not the most important thing in other people's lives besides right. your, you know, yeah. besides your parents or, you know, you feel like the spotlight's on you and you want to perform well. And, 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 uh, it's a letdown when you, when you don't think what, you know, when you don't do what you think you could do or, you know, that kind of, it's all about perception. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And then, yep. and then you get to Florida and it does, when you're in the CDI ring, it, it does open you up to that scrutiny because there's live stream all the time, right? Whenever you go down mm-hmm. that center line, there is live stream. So you, yep. you like it or not, you have opened yourself up to scrutiny or I don't know if people really do watch it, but I think they do. And, you know, you're opened up to that and and that's a different pressure. So how did you handle that? Because even when you did Young Riders and U25, you were very successful that was not an option, right? Like even back in the day when I did Grand Prix, that was not an option. To, to yeah. And I think interestingly enough, like I was very carefree in a lot of ways when I was a little bit younger and I didn't um, have the expectation or like the, I don't know. I felt sometimes like the underdog, like the horse I did young riders on, he was very average. He stuck his tongue out, you know, like I was just, laughing along doing it to gain experience I felt you know and I didn't I didn't feel like okay now is my time or whatever and this season and and especially now that I have two horses well I don't own the second one Kathy Priest does but I have another mare called Irintha that I compete two really quality horses and things are you know the deck is being stacked for me and I've got to step up and that that to me was the moment where I said, Oh my God, I need a little help. Of course, it's for me that I want to do the best that I can for myself. And I'm very not competitive with myself, but I I really want to do well, but you know, it's also people that support me, Um, you know, Kathy for, for the main one. And um, I mean, she's wonderful. She doesn't pressure me, but I, I want to make her proud. I want to make other people proud. And then coming into the, sort of program with the 
USEF developing coaches and, and working with Charlotte and Debbie and Christine, it's like people start to watch and start to, to like you said, to, to pay a little bit of attention. And as wonderful as that is, it's, a, it's another pressure and another kind of opportunity for you to really come through that and um, be mentally really tough as well. So talk to us a little bit about the strategies that you're trying to develop and, and you know, mental awareness and, and, and how, how you're dealing with those pressures, because now you kind of are like you've had success. Right. So, you know, perhaps there's a pressure to also have, you know, continue that along or how are you yeah, thinking about these and, things? Yeah. You know, I think it's funny, too, because because people always, uh, you know, figure like, oh, if you're winning or you're successful, like you must be like super happy and like super on top of everything. But as people that are close to me know, like I, I need help sometimes and I get grumpy or I get, you know, really uptight and, you know, kind of depart the mental station, so to speak. Um, you know, when I feel that, and that's something that, that again, I'm working on. And I feel like this season I had so many opportunities to do that and it did really improve for me. The first thing that I really dealt with, with my um, sports psychologist was figuring out um, really like my authentic self, which sounds a little bit hoo-hoo, but like what works for me versus what works for people that you might compare yourself to competitors, friends, anyone else, but that it can be really tiring mentally to not be yourself. And that's something that resonated with me a lot because I do have a strong character, like an outgoing character and, you know, very positive usually. So me trying to kind of shame myself for not being a better competitor or, you know, being better under pressure and I should be a certain way. I should, I should be visualizing my test 34 times before my competition. You know, me trying to put myself in some sort of box was actually not what I needed to be doing at all. So getting honest with myself with what works for me and um, whether that be the week before the show, you know, the hour before the two minutes before I go in their ring is just finding where I need to be versus what, what I make up in my mind. And the other thing that really affected me was like the statement of, I actually do know what to do. It's just, I need to transfer a skill to a new environment. So I was thinking of like, Oh, I need to build up all these mental skills and I need to build up and learn how to ride under pressure and learn how to show and learn how to do all this. But I actually know how to do it. I just have to transfer it between different environments. Cause like I said before, I can go out in the field and I can ride like hell, but maybe I don't do it in the CDI ring at global, but it's in there. It's just transferring it instead of me feeling overfaced by having to learn a whole new skill set. So that was something I said, Oh my God, that kind of makes sense. And that sounds a little less daunting. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's it. And, and that's a lot of, when you work with a professional, they, they tailor it to you. And I think that that's so important and to, to your experiences and your personality. And I think that everyone's different. You know, you can give people mm -hmm. what works for you, but at the end of the day, whatever level you're doing and whatever you're doing 
competitively or we all work hard at this sport. That's why we're all here. That's why, you know, our listeners are listening to the podcast, but everybody's going to have a certain way that they're going to do it. And I think that that's so important to, to do for sure. Yeah. And I think like traditionally I have worked with other sports psychologists and there, there is a kind of go-to system of preparing for a show. And honestly, it just never clicked with me because I'm ADD as hell. I don't visualize well. I don't have a solid routine. Like I kind of laugh, you know, because it's like, oh, what's your pre-show routine and all this. I'm like, I don't have one. I mean, I just, I need to usually do my own work. I don't like having a groom. I braid, I tack up. That's pretty much the only thing I need. Oh, besides I, um, fun fact, I wear cat socks every day when I'm showing. So that's my only <laughs> silly thing. Well, Allie, you're, you're a free ride. spirit. Most of us, uh, you know, most of us, uh, <laughs> and a lot of us are type A personalities, you know, and, and, and the amateurs that I teach and that ride have really stressful professional lives, you know, doctors and lawyers and all of that. And then, and then every once in a while, we get a sprinkle of these free spirits that mm-hmm. that sort of type A structure doesn't work. Right. So then yeah. it's good that and you, you went out and you found your way of doing it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's there's a bit of an issue when, you know, you know, all the rules tell us, you know, we have to dress the same. We have to ride with the same gear. And, 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 and then and then, like you said, it kind of puts you in a box. Well, I want to be like this, you know, this person, that person. I want to look like this. I wanna, but but in the end, I mean, if you're not if you're not bringing joy to your competition, then what is the point of doing it? Yeah. And I think that's something that this sports psychologist and I I clicked with that line of thought is that like, why am I trying to put myself in someone else's routine or put myself in a situation that isn't comfortable for me? Because at the end of the day, like this is something that needs to be sustainable as well. Like if I want to keep doing this and I want to progress, then like I said before, not being yourself and not being authentic is actually really draining. And so, you know, it's all about to finding in this, this past season for me, like competing so often and doing the CDIs, like I was thinking of it also as sort of like finding what works for me, finding this opportunity to, to strengthen that and to strengthen mental skills to give the horses confidence to kind of prepare for what might be to come instead of just being thinking about, Oh, I need to win this class this weekend to get the blue neck sash. It's like, well, this is actually the perfect thing. You get to repeat competing quite often and find what can really work for you in the long run so that you feel like you're gaining through the season, not like you're just putting yourself out there again and again and not, not progressing. Yeah, no, I think it's so great. And, and again, you know, sharing that, that this is normal. It's not, don't, I think so many people think like, oh my gosh, you know, this doesn't happen to anyone else. It, it really truly happens to everybody. And it just depends on oh, how, God, yeah. 
It really does. Like when you're back in the CDI barns, it's one of the reasons they limit access, right? Is they want there to be quiet and peaceful place that riders can go and and prepare and everybody prepares differently. And um, so Ali, we're so thankful that you came on to tell us your journey um, because I think it is, it is a huge thing for all of us. And um, if our listeners have any questions or want to reach out, how can they do that? I think Facebook would be the best and just Allie Potaski, um can message me or add me on Facebook, but I really, yeah, feel free to, to message too. Cause I feel like it's something that needs to be easy to talk about. And it's like, we, like you said, we all have stuff that we're working on and it might be completely different stuff, but literally everyone I've talked to in my journey this past season with being in the CDI ring or anytime is like, yeah, this is a big part of it is, is learning to, to perform. And, you know, maybe it's not what my favorite thing is now, you know, if you ask me why I do this, it's not to be in the CDI ring. It's to, you know, be with the horses and train them, but there's no reason it can't be a more enjoyable thing. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Well, thank you, Allie, for your journey. And we can't wait to continue to watch your career because it's been so fun for me to, to watch you and we're so proud and keep it up girl. Okay. Thanks. We'll see you at the Kentucky horse park. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Hi, I'm April. And I am Laura and we are the hosts of the rain in your herd podcast where we help with building an online presence for your equine business. So this can include online marketing, social media, blogs, YouTube, online memberships, courses, Facebook ads, and websites. We give you the tips you need to dive in on these subjects and also interview other equine business owners who are doing it well. We have a lot of fun doing it. So we hope to see you over on Rain in Your Herd. Well, we are so excited to have back on the show tonight, Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products, back on. Hi, Karen. Hi, it's always fun to be on the Dressage Radio Show. I really enjoy talking with you guys. It's just always great. We love it. Well, first of all, how is your wonderful Oreo? My wonderful Oreo is doing very well. Thank you. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we had a good winter. You know, we haven't, I have built an indoor and we actually got it finished and we were in it this winter. So when the weather wasn't too terribly cold, we rode and the rest of the time he, he kind of just hung out. And uh, so he had a very easy winter. And when we're back in training again now, and, and he's, you know, it's just, he's so, he's so good. He's Aww. like, yep. Oh, we're riding. We're, we're going back in training now. No problem, mom. Whatever. <laughs> you know, he's just, okay. You what want a, me to what a good horse. Okay. Yeah. We love it. Oh my gosh. I he's love that. a good boy, you know, and we've, we've known each other now for so long that, you know, and, and I'm getting better, Reese, much better about keeping him forward all the time. Much to That's his my bad. girl. It's not like that. Yes. But, you know, we've gotten rid of some of our demons as far as, you know, you know, insecurities in the canner and stuff. So now we're like, now we're zooming. <laughs> all right. But I think that's a good point, Karen, is you've had him a long time. You, How long have you had him now? It's going to be four years. It'll be oh. four years in October. Okay, that's yeah. crazy. So this is my fourth year with him. Yeah. 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 And, and really, I mean, you guys now have a really good relationship. And I think that's just always something good to remember when you have a new horse and, and doing that. Because it really is. It takes time. Time, time, time. And I think that's really oh, yeah. important time to remember. Time to get to know them. Time to trust them. And, and the big part is it takes time to do lots of different things together. 
And I think that's how you build that trust. You know, I mean, yes. we, we, we went to the horse shows, we went to Florida, then we came back, we did a bunch of trail riding. So we were out in a lot of different situations and we just, we, we trust each other, you know, yes. it, it goes both ways. He trusts me too now more yeah. than ever. So, you know, it just, and you know, we get each other. You know yes. what I mean when I do this or, you know, and so, yeah, it, it's great. But that's really important. I just think, you know, sometimes that's just, like you said, just life experience with some, with another horse, with a person, it, you know, just that's time. So, oh, I am so glad. Well, we have a great topic, a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts because we've all had senior horses in our lives. And you've been saying you've been getting a lot of call on, on care of senior horses. So we wanted to talk about that tonight. Yeah, I do. I get a lot of phone calls. Um, especially senior horses that, that are, people are having trouble keeping weight on their senior horses. And a lot of them will go to me. I've never had this problem before. You know, my horse has always been an easy keeper. Now all of a sudden, you know, I just can't keep weight on them. And, you know, we go through, um, you know, the, the begin, the discussion is always okay. You know, have you had your veterinarian out? Have you checked for other issues? Have you had his teeth done recently, you know, and, and are you on a good deworming program? And those are kind of the three things that, that immediately come to mind. And you want to get all of that checked out before you start looking at, at their diet. So you know that that's taken care of and, and older horses teeth really change as they, as they get older, not only does, does the angle of their tooth change, but the width of their tooth changes. So, the, the tooth is wider, actually wider at the top and starts to become narrower at the bottom in an older horse. And that leaves gaps um, in between their teeth. And because their teeth are together at the top, but not at the bottom, a lot of food can get shoved in there and the horse can't get it out. He can't clear it because he can't clear it through the top of his mouth with his tongue. And that can cause a lot of pain and degradation in the, of the jawbone and also gingivitis and things in, in the gums. So it's always important to have your senior horses checked a couple of times a year by a dentist. It's really, really important to either your vet or a horse dentist to come out and check them. And I know, I know, um, yeah, that, makes sense. that you do that. Yeah. I do. Yeah, we do. Because, yeah. you know, like you said, with the senior horses and also young horses, you know, there's some horses yeah. that you really have to check every six months just to make sure everything is okay. We, we find that too with the babies, you know, like, oh, why yeah. is he being a little funny? Okay, let's check his teeth because it's been six months and, and maybe there's something there. And in the older, older horses as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's so a big thing. The other thing with older horses is that, you know, just like older people, their, their systems just don't work as efficiently anymore. Their digestive tract doesn't work as efficiently as it did when they were younger. And there can be lots of different reasons. I mean, even if we have our horses on a really good parasite program, there's still some parasite damage that's done to those tissues. And then, and just, just old age. Um, so, you know, maintaining a healthy digestive tract is, is really important. And sometimes these older horses will really benefit from a digestive supplement like our Nalox Advanced or our Probiotic Wise. And it just, it just helps keep those tissues a little bit more, a little healthier so that you're getting, you know, the best bang for your buck with your feed. You know, you're getting the best gas mileage out of that scoop of feed that you can get if their digestive tract is in good shape. What's the typical senior diet, um, you know, your horse ration, whether it's from, you know, whatever company, 
you know, how is that designed differently than uh, than uh, a performance horse diet, and and what 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 is the differences there? Well, if you look at and if you look at the senior diets, they'll be a little bit higher in protein um, than your just your mature performance horse diet. Sometimes, depending, a lot of it depends on the company and what what your senior horses' needs are. A lot of senior horses are not working anymore, so they don't need a lot of energy. And a lot of senior horses, some senior horses can be overweight. So from what I've noticed with the senior diets that are out there is a lot of them um, will be a lower calorie feed than, say, you were feeding your horse when you were working them. And that's fine if your horse doesn't need a lot of calories. But as your horse gets older and they can't digest hay as well and they're not absorbing as many nutrients from their feed, they may you may need to supplement your senior feed with a high fat supplement just to get some extra calories in them. So a lot of the senior feeds that are low in starch and low in sugar and high in fiber also are not very high in energy. And a product like your Endure Extra, right? That is That was a great product for, for me when we needed it and putting weight on. Yes. Yes. And that's a combination. That's 50% fat. And it's a combination of different fats of rice brand and flax and some other different fats. And then that particular product has um, direct-fed microbials in it, so it's addressing uh, issues in the gut, and it also has a vitamin E in it, which is yeah. important for immune system in an older horse and muscle and nerve health. So that's kind of an all-around product that if you have an older horse that, you know, he's eating all the hay he can eat, maybe he's not eating as much or he's not able to chew as well as he could, um, and you've got him on a senior feed and it isn't quite holding his weight, but you can add a, sup- a fat supplement like that because you don't have to add much. It's only four to eight ounces a day. And you want to make sure that you keep your meal sizes small. Um, really don't want to feed more than five pounds of, of grain, even a high fiber grain in any one setting. You want to you wanna feed that several times a day if they need a lot of grain or a lot of concentrate to continue to gain or maintain their weight. So Karen, sometimes, you know, older horses, they lose teeth or, you know, they have other issues where they need their food wet. Like, how do you start to make those changes as you, as your horse ages? Well, I think you want to keep an eye on them. Like, um, you know, I've got an older horse out in my barn and we noticed over the winter that he just wasn't chewing as well. And what they'll do is they'll, you'll see what we call these, uh, I call them little cigars and it's kind of wadded up hay that they, they, they move it around in the mouth and move it around in the mouth and it gets all wet and then they just spit it out. It just looks like a little cigar that's, that's laying there on the ground. And that's because they just can't chew as well anymore. So if you notice that your horse is having trouble um, eating hay, and some horses will have trouble out in the pasture, you can go to a chopped hay, um, you can go to soaked hay cubes or hay pellets or a complete feed that has that most of the complete feeds have the easy to digest fiber sources like beet pulp or soy holes in them, which are considered super fibers and are really easy for the horse to digest. So you would move to that kind of a feed. And then, um, you know, some horses don't like their feed wet and some horses do. So you just have to be careful. If you're starting to wet your horse's feed, I would start with just a small amount of water and get them used to it. Yeah, I wouldn't just dump again, you know. I would a gallon of water. <laughs> water in and then go, oh, they won't eat it. You know, I mean, some horses don't like their feed wet. 
Yeah. So that is anything true. that you do, you should do slowly. Any change that you make, especially to an older horse, you should do slowly over several weeks, two weeks really at best would be the best. And you slowly add whatever new feed, new fiber source that you're adding and, and slowly take away the old one so that you give that digestive tract a chance to acclimate. That makes total sense. And I think too, this is a great time. I mean, Karen, you're an amazing resource. These are the times that you may, you need some resources and some people to help you with your feeding program it, because it is, it's maybe different than what you've been doing or for sure di- different than that horse has been used to in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of the phone calls I get are people that have horses that are, they can't keep all of a sudden they've dropped a lot of weight and they've dropped a lot of muscle and they don't know what to do. And we sit down and we look at their diet and they're on a, you know, they're on a, a low starch, low sugar performance feed that, or, you know, a feed for low starch and sugar that they think is, is good for their horse, which it is good for their horse, but it's not providing enough calories. And then we also look and see that maybe this horse has backed off the amount of pasture he can eat. So we need some more vitamin E. So it's important to just kind of look at the diet and decide, am I still providing everything that I need for my horse? Because horses change over their lifetime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Karen, how can our listeners find you online if they have more questions about their own horses and about the amazing products at KPP that could help their older horse? Well, I'm happy to uh, read any emails that anybody wants to send me. It's just my first initial K, last name Isberg, I-S-B-E-R-G, at kppusa.com. So you can email me there. You can reach out to me on Facebook. KPP USA has a Facebook page. Um, you can go to our website. We have lots and lots of resources in our library. And if you, uh, you might be able to find your answer there. And if not, we have an info at kppusa.com email address, and you can send your questions there. They usually end up with me. Um, so, or you can call our office at eight five nine. and talk to one of the girls. And if they can't answer your question, they'll take your number and and forward that to me so that I can call you. So those fans, we're we're always available to answer questions. (laughs) Fantastic. And you're great at it because I ask a lot of questions too. and, And Karen's always so patient and lovely about it. So, well, Karen, we thank you so much and we look forward to next month and hearing how Oreo's training continues to go. Well, thanks. Yeah, I can't wait to be back. Well, Phil, we wanted to talk about our Trust Design halters. You and I were able to get some so we could test them out. And I'm not going to lie, my young horse, Neo, uh, went to, uh, we have a great young horse show here in town, the Spy Coast Young Horse Series, and he sported his Trust Design halter. And he has the, uh, it's black with uh, roses. It's so cute on him. He looked adorable at his horse show. So that was really fun to dress up with our new halter. I really had a good time with it he's that's a dark horse too right so it's, he's dark yeah he's a bay yeah. and uh, black on black looks, with the pink roses yeah. sharp yeah it's sharp he looks really sharp i i was like oh he's so cute <laughs> i think so you, i think you great. posted on your facebook if people want to see what that looks like <laughs> so yeah because i i did i did see it as well and that's uh it looks beautiful so yeah, if sharp. people want to order um their trust design halter they can go to triple w dot trvst.com and then enter hrn for the 10 percent discount code that we've got running for uh, for all of our great listeners 
Fantastic. Well, we hope you enjoy. And we've got a great trust design tip of the week with adult amateur Kelly Agnew. Well, tonight I am so excited to have Kelly Agnew. She is an adult amateur rider that is here this week at Maple Crest Farm with us, um, having a great time on a mini sabbatical. And of course, I had to grab her for the podcast because I love her story. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> well, we've been together all day, pretty much, with a little break. But you had an early lesson, and it's recorded about twelve hours apart. But uh, we've had such a great week. You came to join us here in Maplecrest, so I wanted to have you introduce yourself and talk about Mercedes as well. Okay. Uh, well, I am an adult amateur from Alabama, and Mercedes is my thirteen-year-old Welsh cross mare. And I've had her since she was a four-year-old, and we're now doing second level. And I'm just really excited to be here this week and immerse myself in in dressage. <laughs> well, it is doing the boot camp point. thing. Yeah, she is in boot camp. Uh, that's and- it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> so, Kelly, you actually contacted me last fall. I think was that right? That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. And, and I said, I, I would, would love to have you, but I'm heading to Florida. Can you come in the spring? And he said, sure, that would be great. So then, then it was the, uh, you had to stay on me about a date, which as soon as I, sometimes that, that is true with trainers is you have to kind of stay on us because we've got a lot going on. And, and, and Kelly was very, very kind and persistent as well and said, come on, I need a date. And which was great. And you were able to, we were picked this week and it's actually a beautiful time besides it has rained pretty much the entire week, but it's supposed to be sunny for the rest of the week, which is nice. But, um, you really planned this trip, didn't you? And you were able to, to apply for some grants. So we wanted to talk about that as well. Okay. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I have a wonderful GMO, Georgia Dressage and Combined Training Association that provides grants for adult amateurs and open riders and junior riders. And I applied for one of those and got it. And before I did that, I had to plan what I was going to do with the money. And I have a great trainer that suggested that you would be the perfect fit for me and she was correct. And this has been a wonderful week of just building every day on what we did yesterday. And I'm so excited to take all this home. Yeah. And I think that that, and I've also done this. So I, I have gone to places and, and gone to do some training. And what it, what's so nice about that is when you have a little bit of time to just spend time with your horse, but you can ride and just think about what happened in your lesson. So you can sit down, you can make some notes and really kind of immerse yourself in what's going on. And you've been able to see horses work here. And um, again, what we've done, we've done some fun stuff because it's been raining. So we've done some groundwork this week with some of the horses. So they're not doing the same thing every day. And I think that that's been really fun. And and to be able to come and kind of just be immersed in in the whole program, which is really cool. And and I I, I think what's been fun about what you've been able to do is by applying for a grant and kind of talking to your trainer and, and your trainer is a, a good friend of mine. So it's, it's fun to be able to work together with her. And, and she kind of said, Hey, Reese is going to be perfect for what you need right now. And, um, 
but really coming and and you have an Airbnb and you've been able to do some fun things in Kentucky. We have some fun local stuff that you've been able to do. So you've had a little bit of a kind of a vacation as well. But what I love about it is that you're able to really focus and I think talk a little bit about just sort of that concept and, and sort of taking the leap to do it. Cause I think it's easy to say, Oh, I wish I could do that. And, but you really, you applied for the grant and you move forward. And, and I think that that's so important to, to talk about. That was part of it because I think that's part of what they want with these grants is they want you to take the time away and do something completely different. And for me, this was huge. I never have the chance to just go away and forget about everything at home and just concentrate completely on my dressage training. So that's what's been so helpful with this grant money is to be able to just walk away from everything at home for a week. So um, I'm just going to put you on the spot a little bit. You know, we like a lot of, we like to include a lot of tips, you know, in, uh, in our show. So perhaps you could think about, you know, things that you've been working on with Reese and uh, and and what 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 you've learned or what's a, what's a good tip for, you know, maybe your training second level and and uh, tell us about something that you've been able to improve or a concept that's gotten gotten correct in your head. We call them kind of light bulb moments, but uh, you could just, you know, think about it for a minute, but uh, yeah, t- tell us what you're working on. Well, discipline, I think, has been one thing that's gone throughout the entire week is I tend to let my little baby get away with more than she should. And once we applied discipline to everything that we did, things just came around really quickly. So for me, I think that's been the key. And Reese was telling me, you know, dressage is all about discipline in in everything. And for second level, You've got you better be disciplined or you're not going to keep going. So that's that's been key for me. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And the uh, canter walk canter, you know, the simple changes, you know, those uh, require a a ton of focus and a ton of, you know, um, just trying to make it perfect. Right. Because that's such a hard move to do if if you're not focused and you're not disciplined, uh, you know, throughout. Correct. And Reese is very picky about everything. And my trainer <laughs> is very picky about everything. And that <laughs> it's so important. It re- it really is. And, and I have been talking to her too and telling her, Oh, Reese told me this, but you've already told me this. And I guess I heard it in a different way. But I think that that's true for everybody as well. No, I yeah, think it is yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's not an insult to, to, uh, you know, no, no, uh, home trainer is going to be upset that you learn something, even if they've been trying to get that concept across for three years or whatever. It's just like, okay. I mean, I'm really excited when my students, you know, take a lesson from someone else and they're like, oh, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, now we can move forward or, you know, something like that. Right. Exactly. So, now I yeah. have to tell you that 300 times. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're, 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 I think, you know, we're all pushing our students to progress and we're, we're, you know, however you can progress, whether it's reading a book, getting a lesson from someone else or whatever, we're all, we're all on the same team, you know? So, uh, exactly. so yeah, let's, let, let, let's do it. Let's, let's move on and let's, let's, let's keep a little bit more discipline in our lives. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is it, Kelly's trainer and, and I 
um, we come from the same foundation. And I think that that's so important to remember uh, because uh, we we both have worked with Conrad Schumacher for years. And, and I think that's good because we speak the same language. And I think that is important. If you are going to go to boot camp, which I've had the, the, the ability to do myself with my coach, where I've gone to his facility for, it started a week and then the next year it was two weeks <laughs> and it got progressively longer because I felt like it was just a sabbatical. And I was doing it in the summer once I've come home from Florida. And and I really did find it to be just an amazing time to spend that kind of time with my horses. But again, keep it all within the family. And I think that that's when you really can move forward. So that's kind of why I think this has been so successful. And um, Kelly, there was another exercise we did, which we we found that was really helpful for your mare. And it it was a big one. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the turn on the forehand journey you've done? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That is that has made her much more responsive and more, much more attentive to to my aid. And again, it comes back to discipline, making it work when you tell her to, to go, you know, and that's been amazing this week. Yeah, exactly. And I think turn on the forehand, you know, you came in this week and, and saying I'm kind of stuck in second level and and, and I need some yeah. kind of energy to to get out of second level and and also some tips not not that you're quite ready for flying changes but I would like to think about third level um which I think is a lot people are stuck at that spot a lot and we really went back and we looked at some of the basic things that were affecting your horse like for example I asked can you do a turn in the forehand and you said well I know what it is but it's it's not very good well that was a good yeah. indicator of what was going on, right? Sort of lack of discipline, yeah. lack that your mare wasn't as laterally supple as we wanted. She wasn't as laterally responsive as we wanted. So there was a lot going on there that we were able to sort of fix by just fixing some basics, which was really, really helpful. Yes. And fixing the tension, that's something that has been huge as well. And now we have a way to, to work on that. And I, that's going to really improve everything, I think. Yeah, exactly. No, I do too. And and we really just wanted to come on. And, and I, I really, really wanted Kelly to share a story because I think it's the time of year where we're all getting back in. We're all really excited. And to think about, you know, stretching yourself, but maybe going and doing sort of a boot camp somewhere. Um, I don't know if all farms are set up. We happen to have a, a pretty good setup. And, and a lot of times... We'll have a couple people come and, and it's quite fun and it's really a good, exciting adventure. So, um, Kelly, I'm so glad you were able to come and enjoy and be with us, um, this week and look forward to continuing our relationship as well. And, uh, we just really wanted people to, to look at the dressage foundation. They have great grants that your local GMOs, that's another great place. Um, a lot of times they will have grants for adult amateurs but if your GMO doesn't, maybe ask them and 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 see if you can create your own grant as well. So, um, Kelly, you are an inspiration, and I'm so thankful you were able to come this week and also come on the radio show. Well, thank you very much, and I want to try and come back again, maybe in the fall. <laughs> we would love it. Well, Phil, we've been working hard to get some guests for some questions that we've been getting on the Facebook page. Kind of everybody listen up for those. They're coming along with some interviews and we hope you enjoy them. And we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. 
And I know it's busy now that it's spring. I'm sure everybody's out of the barn and spring cleaning, but we do have a really good book club of the month going, which is Gerd Heuschman's Balancing Act. It's really an interesting book. I think we're going to have some really interesting discussions with it. So get get reading. Uh, we have a little, little bit more time before we discuss it with uh, one of our auditors who was able to get the book with us. So we hope you are enjoying that book. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. 